I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for December 15th, 2020. That's right. It's only 10 days from Christmas, which means it's nine days from canceling Christmas. You understand? They're not going to want you to spend Christmas with your family if you don't get it. I don't know what to tell you at this point. Santa is going to have to live in a bubble. They're going to just send bubble Santa down the chimney. He'll get stuck there. That'll cause a whole problem. We got a real situation on our hands. Uh, The lunacy continues, and uh, we're gonna devote most of this show, this is a very special episode of the Rubin Report Direct Message because we're devoting most of this show to uh, the man who I suppose is now president-elect, 78-year-old, broken foot, has a cold, Joe Biden. Uh, because he is now officially president-elect. That doesn't mean the whole thing is done. And by the way, there still are court cases. There's all this weirdness with Dominion that everyone is still talking about online, but nobody's talking about in mainstream media, which is part of that reality war thing I'm always talking about. Uh, But in effect, at the moment, Joe Biden is president-elect. And we're gonna do a bunch about Joe Biden today because I think there's a bunch that you should know. Uh, Before we get to it quickly though, I wanna tell you guys that tonight, the Rubin Report community is doing a movie night. We are gonna be watching V for Vendetta, which I think is as perfectly on point a movie as you could possibly watch these days. Uh, That'll be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. This is for members of the Rubin Report community only. We're gonna be doing a Netflix watch party, so hundreds of us will be watching all together. And then we're gonna do a massive Zoom call and you guys can Zoom in and, and we'll all be on video and I'll be on video, obviously. And we'll talk about the movie so you can join us uh, at rubinreport.com and find out more information. And before I get to President-elect Joe Biden and his many problems and confusions. I wanna talk to you guys about GlintPay. You know it, I've got the card right here. And again, this is not my official card, this is a mock-up card. So even if you're zooming in to steal my info, it ain't gonna work, people. Uh, GlintPay is a really fantastic way of getting into the gold game. You can buy and you can sell gold using their app and then you can use the GlintPay card, which is also a MasterCard, to make purchases in either gold or as the MasterCard in US dollars. It's a fantastic way to just get involved in doing something monetarily that maybe is a little out of your comfort, uh, but then keeps you a little less reliant on the usual ways of doing things. So uh, you can get the GlintPay card at glintpay.com slash Rubin. The Glint card is issued by Sutton Bank, which is a member of the FDIC, pursuant to license from MasterCard International. It's free to sign up, so go to glintpay.com slash Rubin for more info and to start purchasing gold today. That's glintpay.com slash Rubin to get your gold today. And now back to me. And just as a reminder, guys, you can buy literally anything, anything that your MasterCard would allow you to buy, you can buy it with gold or cash. There you go. All right, let's talk about Joseph R. Biden, the man from Scranton, sometimes. Uh, He has, uh, in essence, secured his win and is now the president-elect. There is still stuff happening. I will keep talking about it while most people ignore it. I actually don't think this thing is fully over yet. I just don't. And even if I did think it was over, if there were things going on in the courts, I would still be willing to talk about them. I know this is gonna cost me friends. 
I know, I know, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist just trying to give you the information that's actually happening right now. Uh, but you know, what am I gonna do? I'm crazy, what can I tell you? Uh, so let's get to the quote from Fox News here about President-elect Biden. President-elect Biden received 306 electoral votes to President Trump's 232 which is the exact margin of victory that Trump won four years ago when he defeated Hillary Clinton. In the popular vote, Biden received almost 81.3 million votes compared to 74.2 million votes for Trump. So according to these numbers that we're getting, uh, we're supposed to believe that in essence about seven million votes separated these two. Even though there was incredible enthusiasm for Trump, there were massive rallies, we know about walkaway movements and Blexit and just the ton of people, and I've met them over the last two years, tons of people who were Democrats, who then were Trump supporters. There's virtually no version of that. People that were Hillary supporters, uh, that or people that were Trump supporters last time that suddenly became Biden supporters this time. Like there was no walk away from the Republican thing. There was the never Trumpers, but they, the never Trumpers and the Lincoln Project guys, they didn't vote for Trump in the first place. So, but this is what we're being told. 81.3 million for Joe Biden, 74.2 for Trump. Uh, I should note that Obama in his reelection year got 65 million votes. So that means, I'm not a mathematician here, but that means that according to my math, Joe Biden, who didn't campaign, who had no enthusiasm for his campaign, who really nobody was interested in, who's not a good candidate, who's 78 years old, who has dementia, now has a broken foot and a cold, we'll get to that in a minute, got 16.3 more, 16.3 million more votes than Barack Obama, who was the media darling, hope and change, everybody loved him and everything else. Like, if you believe that, I don't know, I got, I got a bridge to sell you. I, it just, that just seems absolutely crazy to me. But that's what we are being told to believe, that Joe Biden is 16.3 million more votes popular than Barack Obama, even though in essence he had to run against Obama in a certain respect, right? He had to run against, because if any of the things that Obama had done for eight years uh, worked, well then there would be no need for Joe Biden, right? The stuff would have worked, Trump couldn't have destroyed all that in four years. Anyway, Biden gave a speech last night, now that he is the president-elect, and uh, he's having some problems. Let's take a look. And once again, <clears throat> the American, in America, the rule of law, more Americans voted this year than have ever voted in the history of the United States of votes counted. President <clears throat> Pence received when they won in 2016. <clears throat> excuse me, or dispute <clears throat> the results margin four years ago. <clears throat> and yet, I thank them. <clears throat> and I'm convinced we can work together for the good of the nation on many subjects. That's the duty owed to the people, to our Constitution, to our history. You know, in this battle <clears throat> for the soul of America, democracy prevailed. We, the people, voted. <clears throat> Faith in our institutions held. The integrity of our elections remains intact. And now it's time to turn the page, as we've done throughout our history, to unite, <clears throat> to heal. As I said in this campaign, I will be president for all Americans. <clears throat> I'll work just as hard for those of you who didn't vote for me as I will for those who did. There's urgent work in front of us. <clears throat> getting this pandemic under control and getting the nation vaccinated against this virus. 
I mean, if you think there is a chance in high hell that that man is gonna be president for four years, I mean, come on, people, what are we doing? He has a broken foot. He has some sort of dementia, right? He can just read a teleprompter, not that well. He still slurs a lot of words and gets confused and sometimes reads the other messages like scroll up that are on the teleprompter and everything else. But putting that aside, well, now they're saying he has a cold. You know, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, thank God he's married to a doctor, right? She has now said that he has a cold. So he does have a cold. I'm guessing in a couple weeks we'll find out he probably has COVID or, or something else. There is no chance in high hell that this guy is gonna be president for more than a year, even if he is to be sworn in on January 20th. Or they'll basically just lock him up and they'll, they'll issue statements or he'll have to do things only off teleprompter from a bunker. There'll be no live questioning. It's just so freaking obvious. I don't know what to tell you, but he's, He's not well, and imagine if anyone else was talking and all the time they were talking and they're giving the biggest speech of their life and I'm gonna be president for everybody. And also you're not supposed to cough in your hand. He's coughing in his hand the whole time. And you know, we have improved integrity of the election. This is, ugh, this is just, I just, don't think he's gonna be president, I really don't, and I certainly don't think he'll last as president if that's to happen. Uh, but we've got, we've got more on Joe coming up in just a sec. But before we get to that, guys, I wanna to talk to you about Bill Barr. And why do I wanna to talk to you about it? Because the holidays are coming, and I've got three, count them, three Bill Bars in front of me right now. Are you looking for a new protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? Well, I've got just the brand for you. Built Bars are super tasty and come in 18 amazing flavors. My personal favorite is cookies and cream, which I don't even have, oh no, I've got the coconut almond here, I've got the raspberry, and I've got the banana bread people, but as you know, I like the cookies and cream. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. With the holidays just around the corner, it's easy to slip up, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to pie for the health conscious guy. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code RUBIN and you'll get 20% off your first order. Use promo code RUBIN for 20% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Good for Built Bars, Built Go, or Built Boost. And now back to me. America, okay. Uh, all right, let's uh, throw to this clip. This is, this is something. This is from Bill Hemmer Reports on Fox News. They got some audio of Joe Biden talking about how the crazy leftist progressive squad AOC policy of defund the police, how this really mangled them. And then of course he devolves it into something else. Let's listen in. They've already labeled us as being defund the police. Anything we put forward in terms of the organizational structure to change policing, which I promise you will occur, promise you. Just think to yourself and give me advice whether we should do that before January 5th, because that's how they beat the living hell out of us across the country, saying that we're talking about defunding the police. We're not. We're talking about holding them accountable. All right, so there's some interesting stuff there. So in essence, he's saying that the defund the police thing was a disastrous idea. We all know that, and I just wanna be very clear here. I, Dave Rubin, of the Rubin Report, 100% stand with our police officers 
who are doing the best job they can under, under extraordinarily difficult circumstances with cameras in their face constantly and with the media and a political elite that's trying to take them out. Does that mean that every police officer is perfect? Of course not. Are mistakes made? Are there a couple bad apples? Of course, but by and large, I know police officers, I talk to a lot of police officers, I get emails from police officers. These are good people who go into public service to serve the public and maintain the law and order that allows us to have a free society, right? You can't have a free society if you don't have law and order. Police officers have been, have been just attacked mercilessly uh, and told that they're racists and they're evil and all of those things and it's absolute nonsense. But in essence, what Biden's saying there is partly right. So first he's saying, well, the defund the police thing is no good and maybe we shouldn't have gone all in on it and let the progressives run, run ramp shot, which is what they do with everything. They just wreck everything. But then he sort of, he gives an interesting little piece. He says uh, that that is what got us to have the beat the living hell out of us, in essence, meaning the Republicans beat the living hell out of us. And as we know, the Republicans did extremely well down ticket, I think picked up something like 28 seats. Can we fact check that? Let's do a live fact check. How many uh, seats did the Republicans pick up? I mean, people were saying that the Democrats were gonna pick up seats. That's what Nancy Pelosi was saying, but the Republicans actually picked up seats. Now that's also one of the odd things of this election that generally the top of the ticket, meaning the president, and then the rest of the seats, that these things are correlated. But somehow this time we're told, we're expected to believe that the president got crushed in the election and yet Republicans who were in many cases campaigning on behalf of him or campaigning on virtually the same ideas, the same platform, same party stuff, that they did incredibly well. I think it's 28 seats that they picked up. I'm not totally sure, we're, we're checking for it now. Um, I think the bigger issue here with this defund the police thing is that the damage has sort of already been done. I, I've talked a couple of times about this new DA that we have, this new district attorney that we have here in Los Angeles who's literally telling people right now. He's putting out a new policy, which is that in essence, they are not gonna prosecute crimes. They are not gonna prosecute prostitution. They are not gonna prosecute trespassing. They are not gonna prosecute uh, resisting arrest. I mean, really think how crazy that is. That means you could break into a car, a cop could see you doing it, and then if you resist him, punch him, run away, throw something at him, threaten him, you're good to go. That means that somebody, I talked about this on the Greg Gutfeld show this weekend, somebody could hop the fence at my house, that means they're trespassing, they could solicit prostitution from my front lawn, okay, and then if they get arrested, if, if I call a cop, well, then they can arrest, resist arrest. Do you see how absolutely crazy that is? Absolutely crazy. Um, a little update on the, on the House, because we do some fact-checking on the fly. As of right this moment, CNN has projected that Democrats have won 219 seats. The Republicans have been uh, projected the winners in 203 seats, but the disparity was supposed to be much bigger there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the Republicans picked up 28, and I have no doubt that you guys will fully fact-check me on that, so that'll, that'll be just fine. The point is that the Republicans did really well down ticket, which nobody predicted, and the fact that that seemingly is disconnected from what happened at the top of the ticket just seems very bizarre, as in addition to all of the other uh, very bizarre things that, that happened in the course of this election. All right, let's move on to the next segment. Uh, so this will be really interesting. So you know, one of the things that I kept saying about the Biden campaign, as long as we're, we're focusing on, on Biden today, although segment four is gonna be a little different, um, one of the things that I kept saying is that the candidacy really made no sense. Because the whole idea of the, of the progressive movement and, and everything that they've put forth 
is that America is fundament fundamentally flawed, the founding is evil, our institutions are evil, racism, bigotry, all of these things. Things that we have done absolutely extraordinary work in conquering, they believe are the driving forces of what, of what makes America, meaning we have, we have in essence eliminated bigotry. The, the new bigots are all the ones on the left. I mean, it's the anti-racists who are now the racists. It's, those are the ones that wanna put bigotry and equity and uh, all of these things back into the system, right? There, there's virtually nobody on the right. There is certainly no mainstream conservative that wants different laws for different people, that wants to punish people based on the color of their skin or their gender or anything like that. We're seeing that though on the left. You guys know about the proposition that we had here in Los Angeles, which of course I voted against, which was gonna reverse the Civil Rights Act. Because in the Civil Rights Act of 1964, they said you can't discriminate based on skin color and everything else in, in federal jobs. Well, they were literally trying to reverse that here. Fortunately, even in this banana state, enough people said, no, we're not gonna do that right now. But these people are trying to get us all to do hiring based on skin color and sexuality and gender and the rest of it. Uh, so this is why the Biden campaign didn't make sense because if Biden had accomplished anything in his 47 years in office, where he was a senator for most of those years, then eight years as vice president, if he had accomplished anything, then America wouldn't be this fundamentally evil place that the Democratic base believes it to be. So that's one thing. And then the second thing, of course, is, well, if you're trying to bring in new blood, if you're trying to say, okay, all of that stuff was bad, well, it's also a serious condemnation of the vice president for eight years. And it's, and it's an, uh, I've said extraordinary a couple of times here, it's a um, colossal condemnation of Barack Obama, who was the, the hero of the progressive left, right? He was the hero. But in essence, Biden saying, oh, I guess he didn't really get anything done and I was his teammate. You know, I was his Scottie Pippen, he was the Michael Jordan, we didn't really do anything, so now I have to run to fix all of the stuff that he didn't do. So the, to me, the candidacy made no sense, on top of 78-year-old dementia, <laughs> coughing constantly, and the broken foot, and everything else, right? So none of it really made any sense, but now what we're seeing is actually what this seemingly was all about. Uh, so let's throw to this quote from NPR. I don't like to quote NPR often, but I think they, they got this one right because it was seemingly just facts here. It's amazing. Uh, As President-elect Joe Biden crafts his cabinet and White House team of advisors, he has pledged to make it the most diverse team in history. But in his pick so far, there is one thing that most of his team will have in common, service in the Obama administration. So let's throw this image up there. 12 of the 16 people that have been selected uh, so far to be in his cabinet, again, if this cabinet is to take office, if Joe Biden is to be sworn in as president, 12 of the 16 people were Obama people. So we are literally just bringing the swamp back. That is what this thing really was about. So, you know, one of the things that a lot of people talked about over the last couple of years is sort of what is the DNC at this point? Like who really is in charge of the DNC? Like the Hillary machine, the Clinton machine was in charge of it for a while, right? It destroyed, Bernie Sanders, we know that that happened last time, and then he just became a neutered pet this time. And I'm actually okay with that, right? Because I think, I think Bernie and his ideas are, are pretty terrible. Um, but I think what we've now seen is that there's been a shift in what the DNC is. It's gone from being the Clinton machine, and now it's just the Obama machine. So you're just going to get a second term of Obama. By the way, what that will include are drone strikes, we'll probably go back 
to some wars. We're gonna have an ever-expanding government. Apparently, Obamacare wasn't right, so Biden's gonna do an even better job with that. I just heard right before we started, like a minute before, that um, Pete Buttigieg is gonna be transportation sector secretary. He was, he was a mayor in Indiana. I mean, he has no experience doing any of that, but he's gay, so we got some diversity. Um, you get it, like we're gonna bring back uh, Susan Rice. Um, they're just, uh, wait, what did Susan Rice call me out? What did Susan Rice say to me once on Twitter? She, what, what, what was it? Susan Rice went after me once on Twitter for being pro, oh yeah, because she said I'm pro-life or something. I tweeted something very like, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe, maybe we can find it, we'll throw it up tomorrow if we can't find it right now. I tweeted something once and, tweet, and Susan Rice tweeted back at me, something in effect like I'm a, I'm a far-right pro-life conservative or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is the, the swamp is coming back. We're now seeing that the Biden thing is just this giant government. Oh yes, Susan Rice, what was she responding to me? Let's get this full thing here. Michael's helping me out at the moment. I had retweeted Ben Shapiro, I think, right? Is that what this was? I had retweeted Ben Shapiro about something and she retweeted me and she said, I thought these idiots were pro-life. So she called me a, an idiot. What is, what is her potential job in the administration? Let's, let's find that out because somebody in the administration has called me and Ben Shapiro idiots. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? On top of the fact that I've got my governor and my mayor trying to hunt me down because I made a delicious lamb leg for a few people the other night. Ugh, I've said too much. Uh, she is, uh, looks like she's gonna be the domestic policy council director. That's Susan Rice. Anyway, the point is that these people, if, if you weren't sure what the Biden thing is gonna be, it's going to be some basically far left thing without like the full far left credentials. So they, what Biden has done here, it's pretty slick actually, right? It's like you're obviously ushering in all of this stuff and he's obviously not in charge. Like, let's just be very clear about that. The idea that 78 year old Joe Biden is really making these decisions is nonsense. But the move, the optics move that they made to make this palatable was pretty clever. Instead of bringing Bernie on where people would have said this is, this is far left, instead of bringing Elizabeth Warren on where people would have said this is far left, what did he do? He brings this uh, Kamala Harris who was polling literally at 0% in her own primaries, right? She was out early, nobody liked her, but she wasn't thought of as one of the crazy lefties and she loves government, she loves jailing people, so I guess that makes her a moderate Democrat, something like that. And now you start bringing in all the Obama people and now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Black Lives Matter, their official Twitter account, um, they're very angry at Biden because for 37 days or something since he's been elected, uh, elected president, uh, they've, He's refused the Biden administration, the Biden president-elect administration, the office of the president-elect, they've refused to have a meeting with Black Lives Matter. So he's doing something very clever here. He's saying, okay, we're gonna take all of the policies of the far left, but just to make it more palatable to, to the average idiot, basically, we're not gonna be on, you know, we're not bringing uh, Bernie, we're not bringing Elizabeth Warren, we're probably not bringing the squad people. We'll just do what they want and make it look more, more palatable. So it's, it's, it's dangerous and it's playing with fire. Uh, and, and again, I just don't think this is, thing is over yet. I, I just don't. Uh, but if you wanna see a perfect example of how radical things have become, right? Um, and I try not to be alarmist on this show. I try not to, to you know, 
put up all of the videos. Put, trust me, there's plenty of videos I could put up all the time that would keep everybody in a constant state of craziness, right? Any of you who are on Twitter, you see these videos all the time. But if you wanna see how dangerous identity politics is, how dangerous the idea that we should be looking at our skin color more than anything else. Well, over the last couple months, we stu suddenly started hearing about the black national anthem. Now, I have no problem with anyone writing any song that they want. I have no problem with WAP, with her pussy and her wet stuff and the bucket and the whole thing. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with anyone singing about whatever they want to sing about. I have no problem with anyone writing what they call a black national anthem. Uh, I, I suppose I wouldn't have, well, if you create a white national anthem, we got a whole other set of problems, but you could do whatever you want as an artist. If you create a white national anthem, a black national anthem, I think in the media, we'd be treating these things very differently, right? Because we're supposed to like really have some respect for this new black national anthem. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be doing that for the uh, white national anthem. Uh, but putting that aside, uh, there's been talk over the last couple months of the black national anthem, which just sort of appeared out of nowhere. No one had heard of this black national anthem. Then it appeared out of nowhere. Then there was talk that this could be maybe played before football games. Now, I just want to be very clear about something. We are one nation. We are a series of states, the United States. And what's the key word there? United. We are united into one thing. Lots of things, states, and then we have one thing, and we are the United States of America. That is a beautiful thing. We are one nation. We have political disagreements. We have uh, policy disagreements and the rest of it. And, and I think we have some stuff that's, that's seriously structural now that is a big problem. But we are the United States, at least for now. And that means we have one national anthem. And you all know the national anthem. Well, uh, yesterday or the day before, at the Michigan Electoral College, as they were selecting their electors. Uh, they began, not with the national anthem, they did play the national anthem, but they began with the black national anthem. Let's play a little bit of the black national anthem. Now please remain standing for the national anthem and the black national anthem by the Turner sisters, Jalea and Jamila Turner. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies Of liberty Let our rejoicing All right, so let me be clear about a couple things here. I have no problem with those two girls, the Turner sisters. They've got lovely voices. If they're in any way related to Tina Turner, then I really love them because you know how much I love Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Um, but this is a courthouse in Michigan where we are selecting electors for the national election. We should not be playing a national anthem for a people of a specific color. That's, that's not what a national anthem is. A national anthem is for all of the people in the country, and we have one already. The idea that uh, a government official told people to stand up for an alternate national anthem is a problem. That is a problem, and we are going to see more 
and more of this. And by the way, uh, Michael just pointed out to me that Alicia Keys actually sang this song before an NFL game in September when they showed a montage that featured Colin Kaepernick. Now again, I don't care if Alicia Keys wants to sing this song. I don't care if she wants to call it the Black National Anthem, but should we be showing, in essence, a, a separatist national anthem at our NFL games, in our courthouses, and everything else. Now, you know my feelings on the NFL. It's a, it's a private organization. If they so choose, well, then you can decide if you want to support it. You can decide if you want to buy the jerseys and if you want to watch the, the games and attend the games and everything else. And by the way, we know that all of our national sports, NBA, NFL, and everything else, they're all crumbling because they've all decided to go woke. We know that, um, that ESPN's ratings are collapsing, cratering, because they're going woke but they can do that. It is very, very different when you're doing this in governmental courthouses, state courthouses, federal courthouses. By the way, the song was written in 1900. It's not a new song, but I, again, I have no problem whether Alicia Keys is, or, or the Turner sisters or whoever else is singing the song. You do it on your own time, not in the government. And, and the problem is that we don't have adults anymore. This is, this is simply the truth. How many people think about how many people you could name that are in government that you think are adults, that you think are adults, that you think can actually help guide us and help get us to something more true and more real and more, more directly connected to our founding documents, the things we're supposed to be governed by, as opposed to being governed by just whatever the whim of the day is. You know what I mean? Like now it's okay, boys have vaginas, girls have penises, we're gonna have national anthems for people of a certain color, like this is all insanity, but we don't have enough adults to counter it. The, the liberals, I mean, you know my feelings on this, the, the good liberals that should have stood up, and I'm and I, calling out my own crew here, the, for when, when the IDW, the intellectual dark web, was blowing up, we had a massive moment to, to figure out how to fight back, and, and I guess it didn't work. I did, you know, I did everything I could do, and I'll continue to do that, but the liberals have been decimated. There are no liberals anymore. In effect, if you're, an, if you're a liberal, if you're an old school liberal in an American sense, in effect, you're a new school conservative, right? What do I, what do I always say? It's defending my liberal principles is becoming a conservative position. So I would say, if anything, I'm really a, a modern conservative at this point, because ironically, conservatism is the thing defending liberalism. The idea that we're gonna have science that will be based on race, not good. The idea that we're gonna have alternate national anthems, not good. The idea that we're gonna teach critical race theory again in schools, horrific. The idea that we're gonna bring back Title IX and we're not gonna protect students who are accused of sexual harassment on college campuses. We're gonna get rid of due process. All of these things are ushering back in right now under a Biden administration on top of the fact that the lockdowns seemingly won't go away. I just saw a headline in the New York Times that now that they're saying, now they're saying, well, even if you get the vaccine, the 95% vaccine, right? This vaccine will work on night for 95% of people on a, a virus that has a 99% recovery rate. You still could be asymptomatic and transmit it. So you should still wear masks. Again, I just, this is just my belief. This is just my belief. At this point, none of this has anything to do with COVID anymore. We are in what Ben Shapiro in his last book quite aptly described as a disintegration. We're, we're in a disintegration of our institutions, our media, our political institutions and everything else. And is it bizarre? Do I find it bizarre that Donald Trump is the last guy standing up against it? It's weird, man. It feels like a, a sci-fi movie. I, I don't know what 
to say about it, but but there's just there's just almost nobody left. I feel like I'm not giving you guys, everyone always messages me after these and says, oh, I felt so great after, you make the news palatable, you're smiling and everything's gonna be okay. I ultimately do think everything will be okay, actually, um, because I believe that the course of human history is a, it's a long fight, it's a long fight, and good people are waking up absolutely every moment along the way. They really, really are waking up. And by the way, I'm gonna do an interview a little later today that we're gonna post just a quick on the fly interview. If you didn't see this viral video yesterday, uh, this guy at Nick's Greek Grill in Ventura County, which is about an hour away from here, he had the regulators come in and try to shut him down and the video went viral, him fighting back, because these are just these middle management regulators who've done nothing. So think about this, you have politicians who are getting paid right now to stop other people from working, and then you've got regulators. These people have, couldn't accomplish anything if their lives depended on it. They're nothing, they're, they're little Gestapo agents, in essence, shutting down people who are trying to make a living. Well, he fought back. Uh, we contacted him. It turns out that there's a Nick's Greek Grill a little closer to us in LA. I'm doing a $100 lunch for my team today, we're gonna eat a lot of gyros. How many falafel can Dave Rubin fit in his mouth? We'll find out in about an hour. Um, but we're gonna do an interview with him, just a quick on the fly, 10, 15 minute interview. And, and like this guy, Anton, who, who is the, the owner of a couple of these Nick's Grills, uh, these Nick's Greek Grill restaurants, good people who are not politically politi uh, particularly political are waking up right now. And if, I think, I really believe if we just keep fighting and you do what you do, Whatever it is you can do in your life to keep fighting at the moment, that's the only thing. Like, the Calvary's not coming. There is no magical thing that's coming. Yes, could lawsuits change things? Could, could something, can some structural things get a little bit better? Could there suddenly be good, better politicians? Maybe, I don't know, maybe. The way we turn this around is by all of us getting involved and stop being afraid and, and fighting for whatever you fight for. Do it in your own life. I, I just see no choice. I don't think I'm that great. I don't think I'm particularly brave. For some reason, I, I, went, down, I went down that road. And, and once you go down that road, you really can't turn back because uh, there's usually scorched earth behind you, not because you want the scorched earth, but the people who don't like you are scorching the earth behind you. Anyway, with all of this in mind, uh, we are gonna do something fun tonight. The Ruben Report community is doing a Netflix watch party. We are watching V for Vendetta at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's for paid subscribers at rubenreport.com. So you can jump over there right now and join us and get all the info. And then we're doing a giant Zoom chat after uh, and we'll make some popcorn and we'll have some drinks and the rest of it. So check that out. And you can also watch part one of my interview with Abigail Schreier who wrote this really wonderful book on the, the sudden craze of young teenage girls who are suddenly transitioning to boys and how this is, this is a systemic issue in that it's coming from our medical community, it's coming from our educational community, it's from, coming from our media institutions and everywhere else where suddenly there's an issue where there wasn't an issue before. I had an hour long conversation with you, I assure you, she is not a transphobe, she doesn't have an irrational fear of trans people, uh, but she does have a scientific lens to look at what is going on here, and, and it's a really fascinating in interview. I hope you'll check it out. All right, everybody, have a great day, and hopefully I'll see you guys tonight on Zoom. Later.